Well, now we turn to a, a word from Scripture. This week we've invited somebody who's gonna be very familiar to the youngest members of our church family, Chanel Simpson, to share with us a word, a reading from the Gospel of John. Listen now for God's voice as Chanel shares with us these words from Jesus. Hi guys, today's scripture reading is John chapter 14, verses one through three and verse 27. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you, take you to myself, so that where I am, there will also be you. And then verse 27 reads, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Thank you. Have a good Sunday. Well, a couple weeks ago, on a beautiful, sunny fall morning, I found myself at my office in the parsonage, getting ready for a graveside service for our friend Ron Krupenick. Now, the family had already had a celebration of Ron's life at the funeral home, and now everybody who knew and loved Ron was getting ready to gather at Evergreen Cemetery for a graveside service of interment. As I was getting ready that morning, I was feeling frustrated because it just didn't feel like the service was coming together. It felt like something was just a little bit off, and I couldn't figure out exactly what it was. Now, usually these graveside services are, are pretty simple. You stand by the side of the grave, we say a few prayers, you say a few words about the person who's being laid to rest, you read a passage or two from scripture. At these graveside services, I almost always read the same passage or two from scripture. I love to read those, those passages from scripture that talk about planting seeds in the earth. You know, both Jesus and the Apostle Paul, as they talk about death and resurrection, give us the image of a seed being planted in the ground. Jesus, as he was teaching his disciples and teaching the crowds, said, listen, understand, people are like seeds. If you want to bear fruit, if you want to receive the new, the eternal life that God wants to give you, then we have to be planted in the earth like a seed. Only when we've been planted in the earth, only when we have died to this world can God work that transformation in us. People are like seeds, Jesus says. And the Apostle Paul also, as he's writing in his letters, says, listen, understand, people are like seeds. We plant these physical bodies in the ground. And then, far from where any human eye can see, God works an amazing transformation. God does what only God can do. And then, when God has done what God does, suddenly, one day, these physical bodies will spring up again from the earth like, like flowers in springtime, only we will see that, that they have been transformed into spiritual bodies, into something, into something completely new by the power of God's resurrecting love. People are like seeds, Paul says. People are like seeds, Jesus says. Almost always when we gather at the side of the grave in one of these moments of interment, I read either the words of Jesus or the words of Paul about planting seeds. But as I was getting ready a couple weeks ago for Ron Krupenick's graveside service, those readings just didn't feel right. As I was working on the service, I realized that the thing that felt off about the service was, was the reading that I had chosen. Because 
These readings are all about planting seeds and gardening and farming, but that really wasn't Ron's thing. Ron wasn't a gardener, he wasn't a farmer, he wasn't a planter of seeds. What Ron was, was a builder. As we were getting ready for the, the service, for the celebration of Ron's life, as I was talking to his children and learning about him, they, they talked to me about how Ron had built the home where they were raised. And they told me that Ron didn't just build the house and then leave it as it was. They said that Ron spent decades working on that house, tweaking things, adding room after room. They said the house was always a work in progress. There was always a, a hole in this wall over here or a board leaning against that wall over there. They said Ron, Ron made that house the work of a lifetime. He never stopped tinkering with it. And as they were, they were telling me about that, I realized that this, this image of Ron building this house, working on it for decades, adding room after room after room, reminded me of a passage of scripture. In the Gospel of John, we have the story of a conversation between Jesus and the disciples. Now the story goes that, that Jesus knew his ministry here on earth was drawing to a close. He knew that he was about to be betrayed, and abandoned, he was about to be crucified and laid in the tomb. And Jesus knew that, that all of these things would be difficult and scary for his disciples, and so he decided that he was going to prepare them for what they were about to live through. So he gathered them and they sat down at a table and shared a meal together. And as they were there at the table, Jesus began to, to tell them that their lives were about to change in a dramatic way. He said, listen, my ministry, my time on earth is coming to a close, Jesus said. Soon I'm going to go to the house of my father. And as Jesus is talking to the disciples, as he's sharing with them all of the things that are about to happen, he can see that the disciples begin to, to hyperventilate. He can see that they begin to feel anxious, that they start to panic. And the disciples say to Jesus, no, you can't do that, Jesus. You've got to stay with us. What will we ever do without you? Take us with you, Jesus, the disciples say. And Jesus sees the fear that's in their hearts in that moment. And so he speaks to them again. And this time he offers them words of comfort. There at the table, Jesus makes the disciples a promise. Jesus says, listen, in my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. In some translations of the Bible, Jesus says, listen, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. In the old King James version of the Bible, Jesus said, listen, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus says, I will come again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Peace I leave with you, Jesus says. My peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. I love this moment in the Gospel of John. It's such a powerful moment. In this moment, Jesus makes, makes a promise to the disciples. He says, listen, I'm not leaving you forever. I'm going to my Father's house, not to get away from you, but so I can do some renovations. Jesus says, I'm gonna knock out some walls and I'm going to add some rooms. I'm going to add room after room after room until there is room in my Father's house for all of God's children. And then when my father's house is big enough for all of God's children, I will gather God's children together. I will take you to myself so that all of God's family can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love the image that Jesus gives his disciples in this moment. I love the image of Jesus, the eternal carpenter, 
rolling up his sleeves and working through the centuries to make God's house bigger and bigger, using all of the knowledge that he got from his earthly father, Joseph, about hammering nails and load-bearing walls. I love the image of Jesus working through the ages to make God's house bigger and bigger, adding room after room after room. That image made me think of our friend Ron Kropenick. It made me think of the way that he kept adding room after room after room to his house. And finally that morning, a couple weeks ago, just as I was on my way out the door, I I decided to do something that I almost never do. I decided to to make a last-minute change to the scripture reading. I decided to read this scripture that I almost never read at these graveside moments. I decided to drop and set aside these readings about planting seeds and instead to share this reading about building God's house and making it bigger. So I went to the cemetery and I found Ron's family waiting there for me by the side of the grave. And we did what we came there to do. We we said a few prayers, we spoke a few words about Ron, and then I read this scripture reading about Jesus and building houses. And as I came to the very end of that scripture reading, as I shared those final words that Jesus spoke to his disciples, something happened. As I shared these words that Jesus said, peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you. Suddenly there was a a sort of a stirring and a rustling among Ron's family and I noticed people nudging each other and, and elbowing each other. I knew that something had happened but I didn't know exactly what it was. I didn't find out what had happened until after the service was finished. And we had had the blessing and and when the service was over, Ron's children, his son and his daughters came over to where I was standing and they said, listen, we need to tell you a story and we need to show you something. And so then they shared with me about their brother. They told me that they had had a brother, that Ron had had another son who died many decades ago when he was just a teenager, a, a son who died far too young. And they said that not long before their brother died, he had gone through the confirmation process at the church where they grew up And when he was confirmed as part of the confirmation process, he and all the other confirmation students were given a a verse. They were assigned a sort of a life verse, something that they could carry with them out into the world, a verse from scripture that they could memorize that would give them strength and that would, would connect them to God in moments when they needed to be connected to God. And they said, our brother, he loved his verse. He took it to heart, he loved it so much that when he died, we had it engraved, we had it inscribed upon his, his grave marker, a grave marker that he now shares with his father. Now the whole time we had been standing there at the graveside, I was on, on the backside of the grave marker. And now Ron's children took me around to the other side of the grave marker where, where the whole family had been standing throughout the service. And they showed me the words that were engraved there on the, on the gravestone. As I looked down at that gravestone, I, I saw the, the very words that I had just spoken. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I got chills as I stood there in front of the grave looking at, at those words, those words that I had chosen at the last minute, the words that I hardly ever read at these graveside services. In that moment, it felt to Ron's children like a sign. It felt to me like a sign. It felt like a sign that God was with us. It felt like a sign that even in moments of death, we can trust in Jesus. It felt like a sign that death is not the end of us, that God's love is more powerful than death, and one day the people we love will be returned to us in the house of the Lord. It felt like a sign in a moment when we will take all of the signs of God's presence that we can get.
In just a moment, we're gonna do the thing that we always do on All Saints Sunday. We're going to read a list of the names of those members of our church family who have died in the last 12 months. As you hear these names, as you see these faces, I hope you know that it is okay for you to mourn. It's okay for you to grieve. It's okay for you to feel sad. Now, these people were, were our church family. They worshiped with us. They sang in the choir with us. They came to the Lord's table with us. They taught our Sunday school classes. They inspired us. They shaped our faith. They loved us and we loved them. And it is okay to grieve today. And it is okay to mourn. And as you hear these names and as you see these faces, I also hope that you will remember and hold in your heart the words of the Apostle Paul who reminded us that even as we mourn, we do not mourn as those who have no hope. We mourn as those who have been given a great hope. We mourn as those who believe in the promise Jesus made to us that for every one of these saints, there is a room there is a place in the house of the Lord, just as there is a room for you, just as there is a place for me. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid.